good, man. I'm doing great. Doing really good. Yeah. Been a long summer. I'm ready Hold, to go. Holding it down. Yep. Holding it all down. Keeping up with your yoga practice every time. Yep. Every single time. <laughs> every time I do yoga, <laughs> I keep up with it. Twice a year. So listen to this. So this is funny. So I was at a bar yesterday or the other day, and I met this guy who's sitting next to you know at the stool next to me, and he says, "Yeah, I just moved here from L.A." How do you like it? Oh, it's okay. I don't have a lot to do like I used to in L.A. So get up in the morning and go surfing and then do jujitsu. Okay. Doesn't that sound funny? He gets up and does jujitsu. Is that, is that the right way to say that? I think so. I do jujitsu. I, don't you have to go to like a class or a, a dojo of some sort or you just do it in your living room? Um, I, you know what? I just think we should do a new bumper sticker that says I jujitsu. <laughs> That's right. It's a verb. <laughs> it's a verb. It's exactly what it is. Anyway, I thought that was funny. I thought that was, uh, yeah, it struck yeah. me as funny. Oh, either get up and go surfing or I do jujitsu. I don't See, know. See, I wasn't sure where you were going with that. Because um, there's, I, last I checked, Atlanta's a big city. There's probably jujitsu facilitae nearby. Yeah, I know. And then so you would say, I, go, I used to get up and go surfing or I would go and practice jujitsu or go to a jujitsu class or go or go to the dojo go to the dojo and do some right? jujitsu but he probably but you don't just do jujitsu do you like like by yourself yeah like you like, do like monkey rolls and like shit? skateboarding or bicycling surfing or jujitsuing is that it <laughs> <laughs> i think this bumper sticker is a moneymaker i jujitsu i don't know i told the guy about the podcast so i hope he's listening he's a real douchebag anyway i, I jujitsu how about you yeah I, and first of all is that opening line really when you're just meeting somebody for the first time hey how's it going yeah, just moved here yada 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 how do you like it yeah fine. i i jujitsu I surf right within the first four sentences that come out of your mouth. Yeah, I jujitsu. That's like it's a little bit like the old joke. You know how to tell if somebody went to Harvard? No, how's that? They'll tell you in the first fifteen minutes. There it you doesn't go. Matter. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. I have heard that. Yeah, I don't think that's true. I've known many people that have gone to Harvard and they're fine people and they never mention it. Well, thinking back on it, I've known several people who jujitsu and they do say it the first five seconds that you talk to them. It's like, oh, is that they, right? I think they, yeah, they teach you that. Do you think to be spreading the word? And, and do you think that's hey, isn't that cool and impressive, or is that I do jujitsu? Don't fuck with me, Jack. <laughs> probably that. If I were him, it would have been that because yeah. I was, you know, I'd had a few, and so I was probably <laughs> sloshing around on the bar stool. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably like, dude, if you come once. Inch closer to me, I'm gonna do some jujitsu on your ass. I'll put the whooshy finger hold all up on you, bitch. Oh my god, that is <laughs> I gotta tell you, I've seen you slosh around on a bar stool, and I and every time I've seen it, I thought to myself, God, I wish I knew jujitsu. <laughs> yeah, oh, we are way. we are cracking ourselves up right now. So another thing that happened to me this summer was listen to this, this man. This is, is awesome. So, you know. Uh, went to the doctor, yeah, did some blood tests, called me back in there. They're like, hey, man, you have the testosterone of like a 75-year-old man. <laughs> so, <laughs> do you, like, do you think Hold on a second. Do you think your wife called the head? I think she did because I think this guy was joshing with me, and I'm going to tell you why right now. Because I was like, well, you know, doctor, what, so what, do we do? what am I doing? What do I have to do here? So am I... Do I go to the strip club more often? <laughs> right. Yeah, do it. And he was like, here's a prescription for Cinemax. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and I was uh, like, really? That's it? Uh, yeah, so 30 days free Cinemax subscription. So Skinemax. Yeah. Man, Skinemax got me through a few nights when I was 13. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. So that's going to help, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, that'll, that's, um, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that's the best prescription I've ever heard of in my life. Yeah. Here's 30 days of Cinemax. Ever. Check yourself out. Okay. Yeah. You can work up your testosterone level. Yeah, you can. You grow it. <laughs> you grow it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you go back every 30 days and they, you know, see how you're doing. Yeah. All right. You know, get focused here, Randy. Yeah, right. Get focused. Um, I'm going to brag for a minute. Never done this on this show before, and, and I don't typically brag um, after 10 o'clock in the, in the evening. Um, but, no, my, my middle child took some test to see as a placement test of some kind to see where he fits. And, you know, they, I don't even know what it is. Like, now they have gifted and AP and IB and all that yeah. other stuff. Took this test. He was in the 99th percentile. What? Smoked it, man. Holy smacks. Completely smoked it. His brother, his older brother, graduated 13th in his class, and he's always been, you know, like he's a smart kid, right? Works hard. And uh, even he was shocked. He was like, holy smokes, man. Like, you need to start designing medical parts or something, like fake hearts. Like, what's going on there, man? He didn't get it from me. Maybe he got it from from mom, but not from me. All kidding aside, when he came home and, and showed us the results... That boy's feet didn't touch the ground for probably about a day and a half. Heck yeah. You know? Good for I'm, him, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad. That's Su- badass. Super proud. But we're not here to talk about that. All right, let's move along. So uh, let's see. What do we do today? We have an interview with Eventide. Randy? Yeah, that's going to be great. I listened to it again last night. Sounds good. Yeah. They're good guys over there. That's a, they're, they really, you know, they fit in the neighborhood. They do all the neighborhood stuff. It's not just like a rowdy bar. I mean, yeah, they do, no, it's cool. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, they do a lot of fundraisers for the schools and things like that. Salt of the earth, guys down there making beer. So cool. they're winning. Cool. Well, speaking of beer, why don't we grab one, and then we'll come right back and uh, figure out what we're doing next, actually. Yeah. All right. All right. See you. Eventide Brewery, we have Jeffrey Williams, who is the owner, and Spencer Wills, is that correct, Wills, yep. who is the head brewer. So, um, how you doing, guys? Doing well. Yeah, excellent. How are you? Great. Yeah, doing great. Been looking forward to this interview for a while. We've been, uh, took a little time off for the summer, but here we are. Yeah, it's been a little slow, and we're anxious to get one back out. So yeah, uh, thanks for being here. Yeah, yeah, we're glad you guys. I'm joined moving. Us. A, I'm still moving a little slow after the uh, Summer Shade Festival too. So uh, you know, pardon me. It's good that we can put a label on the reason we're moving slower this weekend, right? <laughs> yeah. Summer Shade's always a good time. Yeah, I was overserved. That's it. Yeah, it's not my fault. <laughs> yeah, M- mostly any day ending in Y. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay, great. Well, let's, uh, Jeffrey, uh, I think I'd start with you. Okay. Tell us a little bit about yourself and, and Eventide. Okay. Um, my name, obviously, is Jeffrey Williams. Uh, I'm from a small town in southeast Georgia uh, called Sylvania. Uh, blink and you miss it. One of those kind of towns. So traditionally growing up, 
you know, in the South, I'm into pretty much all Southern things, the food, the culture, everything moves a little slower down there. Coming out um, of high school, attended uh, Georgia Southern. That's actually how I met Nathan and Haley, uh, two of my business partners. Didn't really develop as much of an appreciation for beer until a little bit later. You know, in college, it's whatever the cheapest thing you can get your hands on is most of the time. Yeah. Understood. <laughs> Very well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, um, you know, I, after, after college, I moved out to Louisiana and then picked up a job in Texas. And while I was in Texas is really when I developed um, the knowledge and passion for beer outside of just a domestic light lager. And, and then Spencer, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, if you don't mind. <clears throat> um, yeah, I'm, uh, I've been at Eventide now for a little bit over a year and a half. Uh, I actually started my brewing career in uh, Tallahassee, Florida at a brewery called Grasslands. And um, I started just as a bartender there when I was finishing up grad school at Florida State. Um, and then I just sort of had an interest in um, just learning about brewing and, all, and everything that went into it and uh, ended up uh, becoming the head brewer of that place in about two years. Um, so I just I, like, really fell in love with it and just like love the work and, and, love, and love what, obviously, I love beer. So it kind of, <clears throat> it, yeah. it, it sort of worked out. Um, yeah, and then I, I, worked, I worked there for a little while, but I'd been in Tallahassee for about nine years. And um, my partner and I were kind of like, let's do something new. So kind of like set out a really wide net. And uh, Atlanta was like one of the places that really stood out to us. And we moved up here and just been doing, doing beer stuff up here. And it's been awesome. Yeah, so what, um, I've, I've got so many questions. The first is, just tell me a little bit about what drove you, and I'm, I'm talking to you, Jeffrey, tell me a little bit about what drove you to brewing, specifically. So, the, like I said, the appreciation came in Texas, and while I was there, I, my closest friend was an hour and a half away. I had to kind of find something to fill the time in between, essentially, work and the gym. Uh, so what I would do, and I, was, I lived in a hotel for the first two months I was out there, got a small place in town but I didn't there wasn't a great deal to do in a small East Texas town um, so what I started doing is I would visit you know the local store package store whatever I could uh, find out there uh, and I would get a new six-pack of beer every week just something new to try it uh, so from there I started to develop an appreciation for other styles you know started with the traditional stuff you know Sam Adams and Sierra Nevada things you can actually find in most places and then started working my way up you know Widmer came on and then the dogfish came out of here and then things like that and you know as they progressed um, I as I was moving down this progression I moved back to Atlanta with uh, the company I was working for they actually purchased um, a business here in the southeast and I was able to transfer to Atlanta and the, the beer scene here is much much better and about this time um, my friend Nathan and business partner he and his wife Haley we're looking to move back to Atlanta. So we're sitting there. Um, I'm introducing him to craft beer at this time. We crack open a couple bottles of Bell's Two Hearted. And it's at this point where I'd finally progressed enough to really start picking apart flavors and profiles and beers. And I say, I really like this beer, but I'd like a little bit more of this. I wonder if that's something that could, you know, that we could do. And you know, he goes, well, somebody made this beer, so I'm sure we could just make beer. And then you know, a light bulb goes off because it's no longer just an industrial commodity. It's actually something you can do at home. That's how the brewing passion came about. We're brewing every single weekend. And about three years in, um, we just decided to kind of make a go of it. It was a good time. Uh, you know, beer, the beer scene was hot. Uh, we were both at a point where we'd been in our respective fields for about 10 years and we were looking for a change. 
we didn't have kids, we didn't you know, really have the makings of you know, a large family at that time, so we were flexible in what we could do. And it's like, look, if we're gonna do it, it's gonna be now or never. So we went for it uh, and established Eventide in 2011. Now, has that always been in your makeup? Uh, you know, there are a lot of people that think about doing things and very few of them actually go do it. So do you have a history of like, you know what, I wanna try this and boom, there you are the next day or was there some? <laughs> yes, we're all doers here. We, we see a thing and we generally jump on it and do it or we want to do a thing. We investigate it, educate ourselves and then go do said thing. We are people who do. So you're a, you're a hands-on guy. Yes, Yeah. and pretty much everyone here is. Yeah, we're not that way. <laughs> no. Yeah, we have to hire people to do everything, right? I've never changed a light bulb. <laughs> yeah. I can show you how. <laughs> how much time do you have? <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, Spencer, does Jeffrey come to you then and go, hey, I want a beer that tastes like this, but a little more like that, and can we put a dash of other stuff in there? Is that the way this process works? Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. A lot, a lot of it recently has been like, oh, we've never made this style before. Like, let's just like, try our hand at it. You know, like We're starting to delve into making a lot more lagers right now, which is like a little bit of uncharted territory for all of us. Um, but like, it's what I always, it's kind of my go-to drink right now, just in like any form, you know, so. We're, we had a really long discussion about that today, actually, and like what we want to make over the next six months here. So it's like, it's it's it's, it's kind of like that right now. Yeah, Spencer's done a really good job of driving creativity as well. Yeah, that and that raises some interesting questions. So how much runway do you need? If you guys want to go, let, and, and I'm going to pretend for a moment that I know something about brewing. There's a seasonal component, and so you go with the heavier beers as you get into the colder months. Do you, I mean, do you need three months, six months to really plan that out and start ordering all the supplies and all that good stuff? Theoretically, yes. It's best to have a long runway, um, but there are also times where you're trying to turn something around in a month, month and a half, just because it either sounds like something that would be fun to do and we think would do well here, or there's a need for it. And so you can be nimble. You can be, yeah, yeah. especially at this scale. Right, yeah. Well, I have, uh, I've always lived by one rule, right? And I think you know this rule, and I've kind of gotten away from it lately. And the rule is... Don't wake up before 10? Other than that rule, <laughs> a good rule. is <laughs> keep your damn fruit out of my beer. Remember, I've lived I, oh, yeah. as long as I've, you've known me, right? Yeah. Until recently, I've jumped over to some, like, citrusy. I don't know if I'm getting soft my old age or what. But, so, what do you guys think about those kind of things? Are you experimenting with things like that a lot, like... You know, I see a lot of corianders out there and coffee and and sometimes it's, to be honest, sometimes they go a little far, you know, and I'm I, like, eh, that's not beer anymore. Hold on. Are you a shandy guy now? <laughs> <laughs> I am. That's right. Yeah. Wow. I'm getting to know you. Maybe I'm going to interview yeah. you next. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. You probably should. Somebody yeah. needs to. Yeah. Uh, no, that's a good question, though. Is that is that a thing? Is that a road you're going down or have gone down? Well, do you follow the trends or do you try to stay ahead of the trend? We, um... <clears throat> we definitely dabble, I would say. Uh, we we kind of tend to still focus more on traditional style stuff here, though. Um, but don't get me wrong, like part part of it just brewing in Florida before this, so it's like there's fruited sours everywhere, you know. So I I, I do I do like them, and I've and um I we I, we've made a couple here, and they've done pretty well. But like I also 
would also enjoy just a regular Berliner Weiss sometimes too, you know. So I think I think, but like but like talking about like overdoing it too, uh, especially in beer, like like moderation is really key in, in almost anything that you do. So you can get great flavors out of all those things and not overdo it. I think. Right. Okay. Yeah. Good. Because I yeah sometimes I'll get a beer because like you I I go and and you know try a different six pack every sure. now and again and sometimes I get a beer and a lot of times these days I get it for the can. Mm-hmm. the design you know I'm like oh that's cool shit looking and it's terrible I get home and I'm like this is the worst beer I've ever had in my life but- we, we actually do have some new cans coming out which look oh, really okay. sharp so be on the lookout for those uh, but to touch on that we're not going to throw fruit in a thing that doesn't require or justify having fruit in it like if it doesn't make the overall beer better by putting fruit in it we're not going to put fruit okay, in it that's, just that's to do great something. answer it's good. <laughs> good to know yeah, okay, yeah. we can continue the interview <laughs> yeah yes. you've passed yeah. yeah let me uh, Jeffrey what are some of the big obstacles that you guys encountered? You're, you're do-it-yourself guys, you're hands-on, you built this place, which looks insanely marvelous, by the way. Yeah, super cool. What, Thank you. In, in the address, I guess I should have started there. Uh, Eventide is located in Grant Park. Correct. In, in downtown Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And what is the exact address? 1015 Grant Street Southeast. Okay. So, uh, what, what, what were the harder parts of, of starting a brewery? Was it was it getting the people together and getting everybody on the same page, or was it was it getting through the regulatory bodies and licensing and permits? What like walk me through that just a little bit? Uh, getting everyone on the same page is a continuing struggle. That will always <laughs> be a struggle here. Um, I think that's for any business, really. Uh, yeah, the the biggest the biggest hurdle initially. Um, was the permitting and regulatory committees we had to run through. I mean, so many hoops. To, to not you know, drown this out or, or bore you with this or have a three-hour discussion on the, the changes that should occur uh, at that level, um, we were supposed to open to the public in August of 2013, and we didn't launch until January of 2014 solely as a result of regulatory committees and permitting. Give me that again. Was it, you say August? August 2013, open in January 2014. That's really... Because we got held up that long. That's really not that bad No, getting a business off. Comparatively, it's not that bad. But the thing is, we'd already been working towards that for a while, but it was six months past our expected opening date that we were actually able to start doing business in the city of Atlanta. Yeah. What, why, and did, why Grant Park? Was it just an affordable place at the time, or is there something magical Completely about lucked it? out. Um, okay. So it, it is a magical place, but we didn't know that when we first moved down here. And when we first moved here, it was just a building that, that checked all the boxes for what we need. And the only reason we knew about it is that Nathan worked with a lady who was dating a guy who owned the business that owned this building. That's how it happened. Happenstance. <laughs> Complete happenstance. It yeah. just sat vacant for, I think, 12 to 18 months, and they were just looking for somebody to kind of take over stewardship of the building because they didn't have anybody down there. They wanted to make sure it didn't go into disrepair. It was an investment property because they'd moved their business out of it elsewhere. So we were able to move in. And we didn't know anything about Grant Park, really, at that time. Um, I moved down here shortly after that to get a better feel of the place, and, you know, Day was starting at 4 a.m., so... You want to be close by, um, if that's the case. Uh, and really started just, I fell in love with the area down here. Bought a house in East Atlanta because I like this area so much. We're a community brewery. That, that is what we're, we are here for. 
Uh, you know, we wanted to make sure that we fit into this neighborhood and into this community and we weren't an outlier. You know, we want to be a thing that makes it better, which is what we try to do with pretty much everything we do here is we just try to make things better. Um, and part of that was we knew we wanted to give back to the community and really be an open place for it. The build out of this tasting room, um, the impetus behind it, outside of actually having a tasting room so you come down and drink some beer, was it to be a warm, inviting place for people in the community to come have that beer. You know, we wanted you to feel comfortable. We wanted to essentially be, hey, if you just want to go have a beer with your buddy, where would you go? And we wanted this tap room to be that place. You know, or you want to bring your kids down and hang out with another family, where would you go? That's awesome. That's and I do want to. I do want to. I'm glad you brought it up because I wanted to kind of take a moment, at some point, to say kudos and thanks to you guys because you really do a lot of community stuff. I mean, being at fundraisers here for the local neighborhood charter school or or whatever, it's 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 really really cool to see the businesses come in and whether you have kids involved or not, to see them come in and take that ownership and take a position of yeah, this is our community and so. It, you guys do fit in really well here, and that's awesome. Well, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. So why don't we take a break? Why don't you guys, uh, we're going to pour a beer, and we're going to come back, and I think um, I'm going to have you guys help us with going over the correct way to do a beer tasting. Because we've been doing beer tasting, and we don't know what the hell we're doing. Um, we don't know what words like mouthfeel means. Um, well, first off, does the beer make it into your mouth? Sometimes. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's step one. As long as you got that down, the yeah. rest of it comes well, pretty Well, I'm working easy. on that. So let's take a break, and we'll go. We'll have these guys pour us up a beer, and then um, we'll do a taster. Let's do it. All right. Cool. Jeffrey Williams, the owner, and Spencer Wills, the head brewer. And we are going to jump in and do some beer tasting here. So, uh, Spencer, you want to talk us through what we're about to do? Sure. Yeah, um, we're going we're gonna to taste our Honeysuckle Kolsch. Uh, so it's our, uh, our Kolsch is like our flagship beer. Uh, we just take the base beer and then we add just a little bit of, honey, of, honey, uh, of Honeysuckle flavoring into it to give it a nice little kind of floral pop on it. And it's a... Uh, little bit of residual sweetness from it too and it's uh it's it's really nice easy drinking good beer <clears throat> all right well, let's go let's pop this thing up and then let's see what's happening that's a good sound yeah <laughs> it, it's always a good sound yeah. are you kidding so it's so relaxing yeah. <laughs> sounds, like, uh, <laughs> sounds like friday night yeah. all right so here we go let's try this thing oh it's nice yeah and i've always been a fan of your Kolsch. so but but i'm gonna i'm gonna fess up to something here folks listening to this randy doesn't have a stinking clue what he's doing so spencer or jeffrey uh walk us through what goes on when you're actually doing a beer tasting what are you looking for smelling for doing um you're mostly the the first thing you're always looking for at least when we're when we're doing stuff in the back is just for any potential kind of off flavor development um that comes from fermentation, so diacetyl, acetaldehyde, thing, things like that. Just kind of making sure that the beer is nice and clean and, and doing what it's supposed to be doing. Did you um, what? Go, go back. Sorry. The what's what's? Uh, acetaldehyde and diacetyl. Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> At the same time, yeah. yeah. 
they're just uh, it's it's just little off flavors that 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 yeast naturally produces during the fermentation process, but we'll clean it up afterwards. Um, so we're making sure that our beer is clear of that, um, and then once we go through the packaging and carbonation process and everything, then we then we make sure we keep oxygen as low as possible so oxidation doesn't happen. So that's usually what I'm looking for after a beer's been kegged up after a while. Um, but yeah, but also just making sure that it's it's doing what what we intended it to do. You know? Okay. So like with, with with this with this one specifically, it's been a lot of balancing like how much honeysuckle we're actually using in it and if it's too much, too little. So. Um, okay. So when we're going forward and we're wanting to taste somebody's beer, give me a few pointers, Spencer, if you will. Like uh, okay, okay, so if I want to taste a beer, I pop it open. Do I want to drink it out of a glass? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Step one, put it in a glass. You don't want to poke a hole in the bottom of the can and boom, boom? Yeah. That Depends on the setting. Are you at a tailgate? <laughs> yeah. Maybe, yeah. Because maybe. Yeah. So, I, okay, I want to put it in a glass, clean glass. And so what am I doing first? So I'm going to take a little sniff, yeah. like wine. Am I sniffing? Am I... Yep. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna take in a big deep breath through your nose and get as much aroma in there as possible because it's fifty percent of your taste too. All right, you try that um, right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. Swirl the glass around a little bit. And let oh, that okay. escape from that as that head fills up and those um, CO two bubbles release. It's gonna bring the aromatics up to your nose. Mm -hmm. See, I told you you weren't doing it right, Baxter. <laughs> Uh, I have so many comments on not doing it right, yeah. but we'll stick with beer. Um, right. You also, there's a, there's a lot of beers, especially when you're talking more darker, complex beers and stuff, it's best to let them like warm up a couple degrees too. So usually what I'll do, if I'm sampling out of like a small glass or something, just sort of put, cut my hands around it to let it warm up just a little bit, because that'll also help release some more, some more of the air and so the cold can kind of mask a couple of things in there. That's, okay. that's phenomenal. So we, I've, uh, I've heard a lot about this thing called, uh, is it mouthfeel? Mouthfeel. So what are we talking about here? So I can not make myself look like a jackass. <laughs> um, we're mostly talking about carbonation levels at that point. Um, and also uh, generally whether, whether or not the beer is thin or full. Okay. Um, and kind of, kind of what people conflate thin and, and light a little bit. Um, it can... They can sometimes mean the same thing, sometimes not, but that's that's a whole other three-hour discussion, probably. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're talking to very simple people over yeah. here, yeah. So. right? Yeah. No, but typically, when I, when I'm looking at mouthfeel in terms of everything I'm doing, um, I'm making sure it's like two styles. So it's like make like a big-bodied stout. I want it to have a very full, round mouthfeel. I want to be tasting all the malt more than anything. Um, carbonation. Uh, can kind of help like hops pop in, in IPAs and stuff like that. So, uh, and there's just, there's just certain styles like uh, any kind of Belgian, uh, like traditional Abbey Ale or something like that, you want really high level carbonation in it. And it kind of helps just make the beer what that style is essentially. It's, it's, it's more of a minor component compared to everything else, but it's still really critical and it can absolutely ruin a beer if you do it wrong. So that's a good point. So let's go from there. So when you're tasting a beer, and I'm sure this, you, this has happened when you taste a really bad beer, what what exactly is that? What does that look like to you? Like, what's bad beer to you? Uh, oxidized beer, stale beer, um, typically happens. Skunky beer. Uh, well, I, I stay away from Heineken typically, so yeah. I usually worry about that too much. Yeah. But um, uh, it's yeah, I'm usually oxidation is like the biggest issue, and it's it's just it's just the off flavor that affects shelf life and, and everything, and we. Um, we're, we're very sensitive to it too because we, because we can a lot of our products. Um, and it's what it's mostly going to happen in is, is, uh, is, is anything that goes into a can. Cause <clears throat> so speaking of shelf life, I can, can I buy this beer on shelves in grocery stores and so forth? 
starting in about three to four weeks. We'll have a big release, so look on our social media for this. It'll be Arbor Ale. It'll be a release. We're looking probably second or third week of September. And where might I, like, give me a, the name of a few establishments. Uh, you, you'll be able to find it at most of the independent retail outlets. So that's going to be your Total Wine. That's going to be Greens. That's going to be Tower. That's going to be City Wine and Spirits. You know, the, the package stores around town um, okay. in the, the outlying areas. Okay. And so what it, tell us the name of this one more time. This is the Kolsch. It's the Arbor Ale. Oh, the Arbor Ale. Yeah, it's the Honeysuckle Kolsch. Honeysuckle Kolsch. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay, you can gotcha. you can tell I'm not in sales and marketing because I just call the beers what style they are. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Totally understand because we don't know so what we're doing at all. Yeah. It's going to be a very limited run though to start with, um, but we're trying to release more of the really fun offbeat stuff that we do here and the stuff that we think people really really enjoy. Uh, and this is one that we've uh, we started making earlier this year um, as a collab effort with Trees Atlanta. And it was meant to be a one-off. And I think we're on the fifth or sixth batch of it at least at this point. Maybe more. Maybe more. People just really, really enjoy it. Um, it's, you know, has a great flavor to it. And it's something that no one else is really doing. So we want to make sure it got out to the place if you're not able to make it to the brewery. Or let's say you are at the brewery and you really like it, you can take some home with you. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then what events do you guys have coming up that you might want people to know about? I'm glad you asked. Uh, we actually have a really, really big Oktoberfest event coming up uh, October 26th. Uh, it'll be, I believe, from 12 to 6 that day. We're going to have live bands playing. We're going to have at least six um, German beers we produced here in-house on tap that day. Uh, we'll have an exterior pouring kind of beer garden area, uh, food, um, games for the kids. Just we're, we're trying to make it a big, you know, a big event, obviously, obviously to bring the neighborhood down here and to have a good time with it. But it's for anybody that wants to come down. And hopefully the weather will be nice and cool by then so you can really yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. Always hard to tell in Atlanta, but, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll keep our fingers but crossed. We're, uh, we're really, really looking forward to that. And then, obviously, our anniversary event is uh, the, the weekend after New Year's every year. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. Okay. You'll get to you, uh, use your leader hosen. Yeah. And well, bring that down again. Yeah. <laughs> so to be fair, we are we are talking about having some type of specials for people who come in full outfit. So if you do oh. decide to wear your leader hosen down, probably get a beer special. Well, man, cool. I think that just about wraps it up, right? Yeah, I think so. So, folks, Eventide Brewery, Grant Park, address again. 1015 Grant Street Southeast. Come check this place out. Great guys, great beer, wonderful establishment. All right, well, thanks a lot, guys. We appreciate you being here. Absolutely, thanks for coming down. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. You bet. Cheers. Welcome back to Midlife IPA, everybody. Randy, that was a great interview, wasn't it? I was. That was like legit, right? Yeah. Jeffrey Williams and Spencer Wills. Yeah, man. Good, good guys. Good guys. So great interview, good beer, and goofy shenanigans at the top of the show, right? Goofy. I think we call that a completed episode here at Midlife IPA. That's in the can. In the can. All right. Well, what are we doing next time? Well, we'll figure it out. I don't know.
you're now you're planning. You're not living in the present. Okay, you're right. Okay, you're, you're right. too far in the future, Randy. Okay. All right. So we'll that will have to be a mystery. So make sure you check us out our next episode. We promise not to wait six months to put a new one out there. Yeah, man. All right. We'll see you guys next time. All right.